Hey everybody, this is Sensei Anthony Thomas with another episode of the Karate Chronicles on Sunday, July the 6th. Now I want to talk to you about studying a classical weapon. Now, when I say classical weapons, I don't mean things like guns or cannons, of course. I mean things like archery or the katana or the bow or the jo or the halberd or the long spear, things like that. And the reason I want to talk about this is because we're not allowed to carry those kind of weapons or in a lot of states even own them. But there's still some value, I think, in studying them as a martial artist. For example, I'm studying Iaido, which is the Japanese art of the quick draw. It's what the samurai used, of course, because aside from being mounted archers, they're famed for being amazingly skilled swordsmen. So just like being a gunslinger in the Wild West, being able to draw quickly is probably your best asset, right? So I study Iaido. And the reason that I do it is because what it lacks in quote-unquote practical self-defense value, it does something for you mentally that I think people often overlook. It's like playing chess or... For even people that play video games for long periods of time, being able to focus on one thing, I think there's some value in that. In today's world, we're bombarded with images, sounds, all this kind of stuff. And the word of the day, especially in job interviews, is, oh, I'm a great multitasker. No, you're not. It's been scientifically proven that people are less effective when they multitask. But because it sounds like a benefit... It sounds good. A lot of people like to say they're great multitaskers. And that's fine. But I personally believe that there's a great deal of value in being able to develop tunnel vision for one task. In the case of Iaido, it is drawing, slicing, and resheathing your sword. And the reason I think that's so important is I personally believe that we are doing ourselves a disservice by accepting every single message, sound, billboard, media clip into our heads at once. I personally think that there's something harmful in that. So the ability to focus or to develop a tunnel vision, I think is important. And if you need a practical example in other sports, I can guarantee you, that Barry Bonds or Ken Griffey Jr. or A-Rod, they were not thinking about a whole lot of other things when they were standing in bat. They're thinking about the second that ball left the pitcher's hand and how to hit the ball, right? Michael Jordan, LeBron James, Kobe Bryant, Maggie Johnson, name a great. When they were playing and they saw the hoop, they weren't thinking about the fact that someone was trying to block their shot. They were looking at the bucket. They were looking at the hoop, right? In football, the quarterback is not thinking about every single receiver he has at once. He's thinking about the one he wants to throw the ball to. So tunnel vision, single-minded determination, I think has gotten a bit of a bad rap. But it's extremely useful in today's world. For example, the idea of Iken Itsatsu, one strike, one kill, that's a mindset that's very important. If someone forces me into a physical confrontation after I attempt to avoid it and make distance, 
If they keep talking, if they keep walking up to me, I'm focused on the point of their chin. You get great results by hitting people on the tip of the chin if it's a focus shot with determination, force, focus, etc. When you have an opening in your opponent's defense, whether it be in sparring or in a real-life confrontation, the ability to focus on that one thing is very important. And I think that comes from studying classical arts like that, like Iaido, like Kudo, like Naginata, whatever the case may be. I think there's value in that, and you should maybe investigate that. There's some value in it for you. What do you guys think? Am I crazy? Am I wrong? Am I barking up an old tree? <laughs> Call in and let me know. I'd love to hear from you. Also, check me out on martialartsoakland.com. And as always, be kind to yourselves and each other. What's up, everybody? This is Sensei Anthony Thomas coming to you on Monday, August the 7th. And I want to talk to you about animal techniques. Now, any of you that have seen any old kung fu movies or whatever have probably seen people talking about the snake techniques or dragons or tigers or leopards. All that kind of stuff. And most of you guys don't take it very seriously. And I can pretty much understand why not. Some of the stuff they show on TV is pretty laughable. But, for those of you who don't know, a lot of the Kung Fu systems and other systems that integrated Kung Fu into their curriculum, they study the movements of five animals. Four real and one mythical. There's the tiger, the leopard, the snake, the crane, and the mythical dragon. Now... All of the animals that actually exist have theories and concepts behind how they attack and how they defend. The dragon, because it's not a real creature, at least not in the mythical sense, it involves being able to blend these techniques and being able to outsmart your opponent, so on and so forth. And I have to say that in an era and in a country like the United States where fighting is considered mostly boxing, people disparage or put down the effectiveness of the animal techniques and like I said training them realistically we're talking about things like attacking the throat and eye gouges and ripping techniques and stuff like that and a lot of people don't even give these techniques any credence much less put any thought into them but I'm here to tell you as a fan of open hand techniques and some of the ripping and clawing techniques that there are in these arts, they can be really useful to you if you train them correctly. For example, there are a lot of animal techniques that involve eye gouging and poking the eyes. Now, I get it, nobody wants to get blinded by their opponent, but if you're seriously training and looking at this stuff realistically, there's an easy fix for that. You know what they're called? Swimming goggles. The kind that swimmers wear, you can practice eye gouges with those or eye attacks and not blind your opponent. Or if you want to practice for accuracy and moving, have your opponent hold a racquetball and you practice jabbing the racquetball. It's not that hard. For things like um, sweeping techniques and stuff like that, very easy to practice. If you don't want to fall on the ground all the time, get a crash mat or practice on a mattress. You know, there's a lot of ways to make these things more practical and palatable so that you're not getting hurt all the time. For things like uh, tiger's for tiger attacks, like grab the throat or leopard paw, half fist, or whatever you want to call them, striking the throat, simple. Baseball and hockey have protective equipment to protect the throat 
from ostensibly flying hockey pucks and baseballs flying at you, right? So before you look at these techniques and decide that they're not workable in a practical setting, think about the kind of equipment that you can use to really practice those techniques. Um, I personally like to teach these techniques more so for women. Not more so, but I emphasize them more for women because often, more often than not, men that attack women will attack women much larger. And I'm not a fan of trading punches with somebody that much larger than you. You're not looking to beat up the person per se. You're looking to incapacitate them enough to allow you to get away at least. But if the situation calls for it, then you take the techniques and do with them whatever you have to do with them to achieve the goal of you getting home safely to your family. So when I think about this stuff, um, I spend a lot of time thinking about how there are nuances involved with open hand and animal techniques that address a situation better than a closed handed fist. And even if you're not a huge believer in closed, excuse me, in animal techniques, you should definitely look into them because they do have some merit. It opens your mind. It broadens your perspectives. And as martial artists, isn't that what we're supposed to be doing all the time anyway? Broadening our perspective, always learning? Well, we'll see. What do you guys think? Agree or disagree? Have I lost all my sense? Or do you think there's some merit to this animal technique stuff? Let me know. Call in. I'd love to hear from you. For those of you that have called in, I appreciate it. Always, um, you can call in and we can discuss this. Also, check me out on martialartsoakland.com. And of course, be kind to yourselves and each other. Have a good one.